All right, guys, I'm here with uh, Coach Corey. And I, want, and, and, yeah, and I want to preface this talk. Uh, we're, we're doing this 75 car challenge with one of my clients. And um, just to kind of preface this, it's 75 days straight. You're working out pretty much twice a day, mm -hmm. 75 minutes. Mm -hmm. No cheat meals, no alcohol. You got to take a selfie in there. Uh, you got to drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages. What else am I missing? No more? Um, you have to follow any type of diet. Yes. It doesn't matter what diet, but you have to follow one. And uh, your workouts, they're supposed to be spaced apart. One has got to be outdoors. So right. they don't want you going back to back with those 45 minutes. Yeah. So And so, that's 45 minutes minimum. So that's what we've been doing for the past, I've been, I'm eight days in. I don't know how many days uh, you're in. I'm on day six. Okay. So you're in day six. So. Mm -hmm. This was a, I think this was the third workout where we're trying to get a little bit more creative. This one's more outside. Okay, I want to, I want to share this story because I thought it was in these little workouts embedded in it. It's a lot of these kind of these microclasms of how my life works and how it impacts me in a way that I've never thought it did. Now it does. Okay, so this was, uh, I want to say it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. It was like 190 degrees. Somewhere along there, yeah. Plus or minus three. It was rough. Yeah. So the workout was uh, fifty burpees. This was with the weight vest, so fifty burpees with the weight vest, and then and then it's followed by an eight hundred meter run, and we had to do this for forty five minutes in that weather. Okay. Amrap style. Yeah, Amrap style. I think you were coaching a class. Me I and was. Aaron were like, oh, can you just keep that clock running? So me and Aaron started this thing. And uh, it was fun. So the first two rounds, we were just cruising, kind of just this, at this casual pace. The first two rounds, we were pretty much like, we were just kind of hanging out. And then the moment the third round hit, I think he just kind of started hitting his stride. He's a little burpee machine, first off. And then yeah. he runs. Forget Aaron, it. Aaron, yeah. Aaron is, especially in his running, man, he is just a freight train. Yeah, I mean, he has that same pace all the time. He's it's yeah. not that he is ridiculously fast. He's consistent. Exactly. You know, he just he has his pace, and he knows that other guys can, you know, they can take off out of the gate super hot, yeah. but they're gonna tire out, and Aaron's just gonna be cruising right off. behind them. He's gonna lap them, which is incredible to see. Mm -hmm. So, I, on top of that, he also had the ruck. Oh, yeah. So he had the vest and the ruck. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, he was pretty much lapping me. So we get to the third round. And this is where really the story begins for me. And he's like, hey, you want me to wait for you? And I was like, dude, no. Don't wait for me. Just start going. I think we're 25 minutes in, so we're still kind of just halfway there. Mm -hmm. So it's really hot. And you know me. I don't drink a whole lot of water. I think this was the third day for me. So chugging a gallon of water... I was probably three glasses in, to be completely honest. Chugging okay. a gallon, you feel like the girl turned into a blueberry in Willy Wonka. Yes, yes, yeah. So I'm running. I get about halfway. So I'm, I'm at this stop sign. This is probably six. I still have 600 meters to go. Aaron's well gone. It's 190 degrees. I've only drank three glasses of water, right? So in my head, I'm like, this is it. Like, if I don't move, I'm going to pass out right here. And then Aaron's probably going to find me somewhere at one point and I'm just passed out. So I'm running through that and I'm, and, and, and I'm thinking about kind of how my life works. 
and how my career works. Number one, there's portions of it where, where I get a lot of support. The first two rounds, for example, was a lot of support. I get a lot of, um, I got a lot of talent in our team. We get a lot of talent in here. And then there's there's pockets where I'm like, man, I'm, 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 I'm in this by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm in the trenches by myself. But here's the cool thing that I also learned from that run. Every step, every time I move forward, on the other side of this, there is someone there to help me out. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact... When I got to that third round, I think I saw you cheering me on. You went outside and you were like, come on, dude, you got it. Mm-hmm. Aaron was like almost done with his burpees and he'd be gone by then. Yeah. So that was speaking to me as I was uh, doing this grueling 45-minute workout. The intentions are obviously just to kind of do the hard, the hard shit. Mm-hmm. But it taught me a lesson there that, um, that, I, that I normally see in my life, right? So you do these workouts all the time. I think we have a contrast. You do a lot of solo workouts by yourself. I do. Um, and uh, I do a lot of team workouts by myself. Mm-hmm. It's, really in, it's, it's really interesting to me because I think I steer towards what's comfortable a lot of times with my workouts, even though they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I never thought the uncomfortable was also the other way so like for me working out by myself would be uncomfortable for you it'd be working out with people is interesting it's, huh? it's uncomfortable and and foreign <laughs> and uh, especially until I got involved with CrossFit like I never worked out with anybody you know I literally I think I worked out with bandmates maybe once or twice and they flat out told me I was not fun to work out with because I didn't want to talk Mm-hmm. I just sat there with my headphones in and did my thing and ignored them. Um, and I worked out with a girl I dated once and she walked up halfway through the workout. And was like, I'm not getting anything from this. I'm not having any any fun. So I'm going to go wait in the car. Okay, right. have fun. <laughs> I just kept going, you know. And, you know, it, contrast to, you know, how you, you, you know, you got, you're comfortable being around people and being by yourself was uncomfortable for you. It took me a long time to get used to like this type of community where people actually cheer you on and they're actually paying attention to what you do. Right. And it actually, it, it, I mean, it all started back at the uh, the gym that I started back at in Bakersfield. Um, it's not even around anymore. It shut down over quarantine, and uh, just absolute monster. In the gym, uh, my buddy John Johns—that is his real name. John Johns. Oh, yeah, two Johns. He is just a monster. You know, he's in his. The dude's in his. I think his late forties, mm-hmm. and he's just built like a brick shit house. Yeah. And you know, he's super intimidating. And I'm doing this workout one day, and like I'm I'm ahead of everybody, off doing my own thing. I you know I set up my station way far away from everybody. And John is just sitting there like six feet from me. Yep. And I'm kind of like, all right, is he analyzing? I'm trying to ignore him. And I start to falter a little bit. And John just gets right in my face. He's like, no, let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's go, baby. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. This is not, I mean, this, I'm not used to this. This is not bad. Yeah. It took me a second, you know? It's... It's a whole different type of, of discomfort, 
you know, and it's, it's always interesting to see different people, what makes them uncomfortable. So how does that impact your work out, outside of working out? It's, Do you carry that over? Absolutely. Um, it's, it definitely was one of the things that really pushed me to, uh, up until that point, I, I was really faltering, you know, about whether or not, you know, I wanted to get into the fitness industry, especially, you know, partly because of the town I lived in, Bakersfield, it's very much a farming town. Right. So there's a ceiling on the fitness industry. But seeing, like, the the way that that pumped me up mm-hmm. and it was a good discomfort. That was definitely one of the tipping points that made me like, yeah, I need to do this. I, I need to do this for other people. What John just did for me, he kind of, he forced me inadvertently out of my comfort zone. And, you know, and that forced me to take another step and then another step beyond that. And then another step beyond that, you know, and, that type of stuff, it's, it's, it's rare when you, a complete stranger is that motivator and he's simultaneously your motivator and your source of discomfort, you know, it, it forces you to like, all right, cool. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to take another step. And before you know, it's almost like an addiction. You know, you're like, okay, one more step, one more step, one more step, one more step, one more step. The next thing you know, you've gone 50 miles. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're you're out on this brutal workout. It's 45 minutes of pure hell, mm-hmm. 190-degree heat, uh, lots of burpees, which suck even without the weight vest. You're out on this long run. Yes. Aaron's nowhere to be seen. Aaron has, Aaron has done the Aaron thing and just stayed consistent, and he's way off in the distance yeah so like what kept you going it would have been really easy to just quit yeah or any other number of things like what made you finish the workout what made you keep on keeping on so i had uh i had my phone with me so i ubered it (laughs) no i'm kidding no so so in that moment uh you're in a crossroads. I think every single workout, there's that point where you're like, I could just quit and no one would know. Mm-hmm. Right. But I took that instance and, uh, and I carried it over to, for instance, like answering my emails. Right. I can just not answer my emails and maybe have Peter respond to it mm-hmm. tomorrow or three days from now, or I can look back three days from now. But, it's those smaller actions that could potentially change my career, my business, my body, my relationships that I'm skipping out on, right? So if I skip on this moment or I, if I shortcut it or if I call Uber and get a ride for the, for the remaining 800, it's, it's just going to bleed out into my life some way in some form, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think, I think that's one of the major issues why people suffer outside of fitness. They suffer in their life because they shortcut their workouts, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they kind of pull back on what their body is really, really capable of, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying go out there and keep blacking out. But there, there are times where, where I feel like people can at least walk, speed walk, mm-hmm. right? 
or they can do an extra two or three seconds on the plank and then you're like I know you can do more but you just in your head you're constantly battling this crossroads and then you're like I'm good what do you think I actually also think it might be have a little bit to do with maybe people are afraid of their true potential it's true yeah um I can see that I cannot remember where exactly the quote comes from Mm-hmm. But there was a really great quote that says it's it's not our darkness that frightens us most, it's our capacity mm-hmm. for light. And that can be translated over to a lot of different things. Like mm-hmm. people they're comfortable. They get comfortable just scaling the weight or cutting corners and doing the minimum in a workout because they actually might be afraid of how far it may take them. Right. You know, it's it's it's, it's a long, long path, and maybe that scares people. You know, it's it's like they said in, uh, what was it, Lord of the Rings? Like, you have to be careful, uh, you know, with your feet. You place one in front of the other, and uh, you never know how far it'll take you. Something along those lines. I'm, I'm sure I'm yeah, paraphrasing the quote. You know? Is that a hobbit that said that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, don't, don't get yeah. me started on Lord of the Rings stuff. I'll All right, I'm about to check on that. It's but first, I first movie. I believe in you. All right, so Corey, so what's the uh, let's 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 kind of wrap this up a little bit here. So, what's the message for for the audience today? What's the big question for them? Um, what demands in fitness make you the most uncomfortable? Okay, you know how do they translate over to your real life uh, difficulties, and how can you overcome them? You know, for me specifically, it's like we talked about anything gymnastics. It's very uncomfortable for me because my default is always just get mad. A lot of things for me come from an angry place, but I know how to use it well, constructively, you know, but when it comes to gymnastics, I can't do that. I have to force myself to be uncomfortable, to follow the process, to try to move fluidly, even though I am a big clunky mess, you know, like what are those areas for our athletes, for our friends, for our families? Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't even have to translate over. It doesn't even have to be just about, you know, what demands of fitness make you uncomfortable? What part of life makes you uncomfortable? And how does that trailer translate over to your fitness goals and vice versa? And how closely related are the two? There you go. There you go, guys. You got that message. You guys take that one. See you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys.